Hollywood Hoop Dreams aren't only made from magic, they also come in the form of original podcasts from the Hoop Ball Network. So if you're the Lakers zooming out, are you tempted to bring back DeMarcus Cousins in the playoffs? And do you disrupt the dynamic at that point if he's healthy enough to play? Join Ethan, JC, and the thriving Lakers community around the world to talk about all things Lakers. The Lakers this season has come to expect of this team is consistent winning. That is something we have not been able to say since I've seen Andrew Bynum in a Lakers uniform. The show is available everywhere pods are found and you can follow the show on twitter at hoopball lakers the following is a hoopball presentation welcome to the fantasy nba today podcast We once again arrive at Friday, the conclusion of another week, or very long day, or very long month, or very long year. We still don't entirely know for sure. It's 9-11, which of course is a relatively significant day in uh, America. It's also my cousin's birthday, which took an odd turn. Uh, so uh, wherever you may be, a good 9-11 to you. Uh, welcome to Fantasy NBA Today. I'm Dan Vespris. This is your... Fantasy Hold the Fantasy NBA podcast these days. We're mostly into gambling, and it's been incredibly lucrative for us here <laughs> throughout the last uh, week and uh, two weeks or so of the playoffs since, really, I, I think we've kind of isolated what has been a, a, a trend in the playoffs that hasn't fully been exploited by the betting community, or maybe it has, and maybe it's just the, that the public loves to bet overs, but these bubble playoff games slow down more every single day seemingly and the lines just can't chase it far enough we saw a little bit of an outlier on in that regard in the lakers rockets game yesterday so um that was uh interesting we'll note that as we kind of go through and and uh discuss the results from the one game yesterday but of course first things first want to bring you into the podcast again fantasy nba today the name of the show fantasy nba today hold the fantasy is what we're calling ourselves right now we are like for a lactose intolerant person it feels like when i go into a restaurant that says we don't serve hamburgers we only serve cheeseburgers and i say well can i get a cheeseburger no cheese and they say yeah that's fine mike y'all know that's a hamburger right so that's what you're getting today. You're getting NBA. Fantasy NBA today, hold the fantasy, <laughs> uh, which is, again, mostly just talking about the NBA playoffs. And frankly, uh, I think you guys should be okay with that because we're having fun. We have basketball. The basketball is great. And um, we're just going to we'll keep breaking it down as long as we have to at this point. And, and as soon as we get any kind of news on when next season might actually be happening, we will roll with that. I am Dan Vespers. I think I mentioned that before, but you can follow me on Twitter at Dan Vespers, D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S. Uh, fairly straightforward. I know uh, if you can spell it, you can find it, or you can search for Dan from Hoopball. Just Google Dan from Hoopball, and it'll actually come through. You'll see, I think my Twitter pops up as like the second or third thing, or maybe it's even higher than that now. I haven't done it in the last couple of months. So that's at D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S. Hoopball is hoop-ball.com. And the Twitter handle is at Hoopball Tweets to get everything that's going on at Hoopball. Hoopball Fantasy is the Twitter handle if you just want the fantasy basketball stuff. 
What's going on at Hoopball right now? As per usual, great stuff. Corbin Ford and Willa Harris put out an NBA Today episode yesterday that is stellar. It's playoff superlatives. Aaron Asmus has your DFS delivery that's free during the playoffs. It's a written breakdown of the DFS card. Aaron and Mike put together the DFS Today podcast that came out late last night. David Bracey and uh, Brent Carlson have the box score breakdown episode that dropped late last night. Dave Williams and Sammy Brew, they got your Hoopball Grizzlies fix yesterday. I mean, there's just there's so much going on at every moment at Hoopball that I strongly suggest you guys check it out. Take a minute at least and uh, and go look at hoop-ball.com. Check out that main media wall, and that'll give you the indication of, of where you should be looking. So let's go ahead and dive right on into the numbers. I hope everybody enjoyed that uh, Chiefs plus 54 wager over at my bookie yesterday. I know I did. It was fantastic, man. I just dropped 50 bucks into that bet. I didn't pay even one second of attention to that football game. I didn't watch that game even for one second. And then I logged back into my MyBookie account later in the day, and that $50 was back, plus another 45 because it was an unlosable bet. I don't think a football game has ever been decided by 54 points. I, I don't know, but I don't think so. So anyway, it was a guaranteed winner, which I get it. Listen, our buddies over at MyBookie, they're a, a wonderful company that, that's a marketing ploy because it gets people to open up new accounts, and they assume that you guys are just going to go on and lose that $95 instead of losing 50 anyway. But we're not. That's where we get the upper hand. We have expertise and insight. The guys over at Hoopball Gaming, and if you're only into NBA, we're doing that here on this podcast I mean, the, the under run that we're on is insane. I think we've hit like five of our last six under bets because the folks just aren't catching up with this stuff. So we'll make some more money, and then we can cash out. While the rest of these, the riffraff that all signed up and won their $45, they can go ahead and lose their 95 That way my bookie is still rolling, and they can keep offering cool stuff like this for us so we can capitalize on a freebie in addition to the other winners that we're kind of grinding out on a day-to-day basis. Tonight, Friday, the 11th, we got two games on the docket. We'll also break down tomorrow's game because we don't have a podcast tomorrow. Uh, Here as we do our look-ahead portion of the show today, Denver and the Clippers, they are the early game in this one, presumably so that if Boston-Toronto goes seven overtimes, it it won't interfere with the tip of any other basketball game. I think that's the only reason I could come up with because Denver uh, and the Clippers are... The uh, the West Western-ish Mountain and West Coast teams, they should actually have the late start time, and Boston Toronto East Coast teams should have the earlier uh, should have the earlier one, but they flipped it. At this point, they've all been in the bubble so long that it's not like one is a West Coast team and one is an East Coast team. Uh, they're just gunning for ratings right now, and presumably Boston Toronto has overtaken the Clippers in terms of kind of maximum star power, so to speak. I don't think anybody, and apologies, by the way, to Nuggets fans listening to the podcast, this is not a, this is not meant as an offensive statement. This is just sort of fact. People don't, outside of Denver at least, and the NBA insane folks like us, don't really care about the Nuggets. Sorry. You guys know that. That's the thing. Denver fans know that, and that can be a point of slight. Ah, nobody cares about us. We're going to show them. You know, we do, of course, fantasy folk. We know every team 12 deep, so we have to pay attention to everybody. That's why I talked about the Orlando Magic so damn much during the bubble. 
Who the hell else is talking about that team? But the Clippers have a ton of star power. Kawhi Leonard, Paul George. The Lakers, we know they're always going to drive the ratings with LeBron and AD and then playing Houston with James Harden and Russell Westbrook. That's going to be your big ticket item. This, I think these two series have kind of bounced back and forth because the Clippers have a ton of star power. Boston has star power. Toronto doesn't really, but they should because they're damn good and they're the defending champs. And I think maybe that's what this means. In any, in any case, uh, the first game, Clippers are favored by eight and a half. That number has actually moved back up a tiny bit with a total of 215 and a half, which might surprise some people, but it shouldn't really because there's a couple different ways of looking at stuff like this. Way number one, which is the inaccurate way, is to say, well, the last game ended at 181 points. How can they possibly set this line at 215 and a half? That's 30 plus higher than the last game ended. That's the wrong way to look at it. The correct way to look at it is that if you watch the way this series has gone, which started way the hell back on what? Saturday the 5th? Was that game one of this series? No, it actually started on the 3rd. I forgot about that one. They, they got fired up. On the 3rd of September... The total was 223, and it went under by a couple of points, mostly because Denver couldn't shoot. In the next game, they actually moved the total up by one point to 224. Inexplicably, I think it got bet up a little bit from 222, so it was basically the same number. That one ended at 111, under by a good dozen at least, no matter where you kind of uh, started or ended your number or whatever you're working with. On Monday, as we worked our way into this week, the number came down to 220. That was when I actually said, look, I'm actually looking at the over in this game, guys, because that game on Saturday that ended at 100 and, or 211 actually had a pace that should have put that game at about 224. But the Clippers couldn't shoot, and as it turned out, that game on Monday was a push. The game slowed down a little bit, and they hit their marks, and, and it came out to 220 right on the nose. Wednesday, the number went back up to 221. This one was totally out of left field. I did not understand why that number went back up because the pace dictated that the game probably should have gone under on Monday. Right? They, they finished at 220, but the pace, based on what we'd been working with, should have put that closer to about 212, 215, somewhere in that neck of the woods. I think, if I'm not mistaken, 215, 216, something like that. So they went ever so slightly over their pace mark, and then hit that other number. So when I saw the total go up on Wednesday, even though the pace of the series was clearly slowing down by five, six, seven, eight points or so, that was why I was so confident in that under on Wednesday. It's why on Tuesday's VEASAN appearance, where I talked to my buddy Gil Alexander on VEASAN, on satellite radio, a numbers game, Tuesday mornings. You should check it out. I do an appearance most Tuesdays on that show. I said, I think every game is going to go under. And they would have, if not for double overtime in Toronto-Boston. All three of those games, Tuesday and Wednesday, would have gone under the mark. And the only one I didn't bet was Miami-Milwaukee, which actually ended up going under anyway. Here's the thing. Now we do our breakdown. Denver beat, or excuse me, Clippers beat Denver 96-85 to in an extraordinarily low-scoring, ugly, ugly, ugly basketball game that also featured 56 combined free throws. This was, this epitomized ugly. 
The Clippers underperformed their pace number, if you want to call it that, just on our kind of loose calculations, by about seven points. They should have scored at the pace they were playing about 103. And you could blame that on poor shooting or, you know, maybe they could have made two or three more free throws over the 73% they shot at the foul line. However you shake it out, they should have been around 103. Denver, interestingly, with their uh, slightly higher number of turnovers and getting out-rebounded, and then, honestly, they just didn't get that many shots up, uh, they should have been around 95. So they actually also underperformed by about 10 points. So yes, this total was extraordinarily low at 181, but by the pace of the game, and and this is not going to make a total sense until I finish my thought, the pace of the game based on our very uh, kind of fuzzy math that we do here, should have been about 198 or so. So they vastly underperformed the pace of the basketball game, despite, by the way, shooting a boatload of free throws. Like, that should have been an easy way for them to make up points in a game where no one could hit a shot. Denver shot 39.5%, Clippers shot 41.8% in the ballgame. Teams only hit a combined 17 three-pointers. Even, so there's this there's the couple factors at play here. There's kind of this push and pull. The final thought on how the total got where it did is this. The total for that game was 221 and a half. The total for this game is 215 and a half. That number got adjusted down by six points between basketball games in a series. That is a huge adjustment from odds makers. So it's not that one game was 181 and to see 215 and a half is crazy, so it must quote-unquote mean something. All it means is that the last game's total was set way too high, which we capitalized on. That's what we're here to do. So remember again, the last game's pace was 198. You have to think in your head, what does that mean for this ballgame? Is it going to be about that same number? My guess would be actually that the pace in a rare twist probably picks up a little bit because no other games in this series between these two teams have been even remotely close to that low of a pace number. None of them have been even close to that low. Remember, the last one should have been at 216. So it dropped precipitously between uh, Game 3 and Game 4 of this Denver-Los Angeles Clippers series. Precipitous drop-off between those two games. I don't think that it can go much lower than it did. That was one of the slowest games we've seen in the bubble. That wasn't like an exhausted Game 7 between two opponents. So I think this one comes back up a little bit. By the way, part of that is the fact that we had so many free throws. Yes, it allowed them an opportunity to make points in an easier fashion because, heaven forbid, these teams just shot 42 and 40% for the entire ballgame. It wouldn't have been much better. You know, neither team dominated at the free throw line. Denver's free throw percent was pretty good, so that helped them a little bit. Clippers actually... I don't know that you necessarily say it it, it assisted them. They uh, Denver had a handful of live ball turnovers. Clippers had very few live ball turnovers, so that didn't lead to many easy buckets. But a lot of times, teams were initiating their offense off of a made free throw. 
that's a damn slow way to play a basketball game. So I do think the pace picks back up a little bit in this ballgame. And for that reason, I'm very worried about playing another under. I don't think I would do it again. Listen, you guys have heard me talk about this. I start on the under when I'm handicapping games, and I have to convince myself to get on the other side. Am I convincing myself enough to take the over in Clippers-Denver? No. I'm not. I'm not. Simply because, look, even if they do pick up the pace a little bit, these series haven't cleared 220 points yet. They've gotten close. 217. There was a 220 in there. There was a 211. They still actually haven't even gotten to 220. But that's why that number's come down so much. Because the pace in most of these games between the Clippers and the Nuggets has been around 215. It's been really close to that. It's been really close to that. You know, I, I know, again, we're, we're doing a little bit of a fuzzy math thing with this stuff, but it, it's really important to note that most of these games have been on pace for somewhere between 215 and, and like 224 in final numbers. So that's why it's not that crazy that they set this line at 215.5, even though the last game was at 181. In fact, if I'm making any play on Denver Clippers, it would be the over. I don't think I'm betting this game, but I think if I did, it would be the over. Because I think we're finally now at a point where the number has caught up. In fact, in, in, in all likelihood, this number's probably pretty close to right. This is more or less where I have these games going in this series. Why I loved the under when it got up to 224 or whatever the hell that was. And I thought, what are they doing here? Why is this going back up? Why is this number going back up by one, two points when the number should be going down by four or five? Well, that, you know what? It finally went down. There is a possibility that the pace of that last ball game was actually the start of a new trend. In fact, most series have, we've seen them, slow down as the series works its way forward. But I think we saw basically what the Denver Clippers series looks like. It's rare that it takes until game four for the pace to actually begin to slow. It tends to happen earlier than that, and it usually doesn't happen in one gigantic cliff dump the way that last one was on Wednesday. So I think this number is pretty close to right. I think the final total probably does sit around 215. And even if you have the pace slowing a little bit from the 220 to 16 range, you're probably still looking at more like 210 to 214, which doesn't give you a whole lot of wiggle room. Boston-Toronto was a weird one. Boston by 2.5, total of 204.5. After that last game, went to double overtime and finished at 247, and the team's actually waking up and putting up a truckload in the overtimes. Remember, that game was tied at 96 at the end of regulation. That was 192, and it ended up at 247. I mean, that's a big, big leap in two overtimes. They put up 55 combined points in the next 10 minutes. That's a way higher clip than the teams were scoring during regulation. You know, 55 points in 10 minutes, what do we, you know, I mean, what the hell is that? That's 60-something, 60 66 points in a quarter, basically. Pace of 66 and a quarter after for the entire game, averaging 48 per quarter. It's pretty crazy. In any event, 
it begs the question, what does Game 7 look like? Because from a pace standpoint, these games had been going under the whole way through. It's just under, after, under, after, under, after, under, after, under. And then finally now, by the way, that last game total was set at 209.5. That one felt like a nice under as well, and it sure as hell was. It was 17 points under at the end of regulation, and then again, they put up, you know, 55 in the two overtimes. Today, it's adjusted down by five. Oddsmakers finally catching up a little bit today. Lost them by two and a half with a total of 204 and a half. 204 and a half is not a particularly high line in the NBA these days. I don't know if there's been a, a, a playoff number that low yet. I think that might be the lowest line we've seen in the entire postseason. Am I crazy in, in thinking that? There haven't been many that have even been in the 2-0-anythings, let alone 204. I'm trying to scan back very quickly as we're doing the podcast right now. And by the way, you know, relying on the internet to to stay caught up on this stuff. I, I don't think there's been a game even remotely close to this low. Yeah, that's true. This is far and away the lowest line we've seen of any game in the entire postseason. There's a reason for that. These teams are playing slow, defensive-minded slogs. <clears throat> and so here we are. I mean, the, the discussion has been, when will the number catch up to the pace of the game? And the answer is, seemingly now. It seems like it's caught up. And so we've been coming on this podcast for the last, well, this whole week, honestly, and even a bit late last week, and just say, look, watch these series, and as they go along, just keep betting unders. Until the numbers finally start to chase it down. Because the numbers are coming down one, two points at a time. And the pace is slowing faster than that. The pace was slowing. It was slowing quickly to create a slower pace. I'm going to choose my words carefully on this thing. Well, finally they jumped. Finally the numbers jumped. That first one bounced six points down. The second one bounced five points down. That's a big deal. Six point total jump, five point total jump. Those are big leaps. And so... While I hate to say it because I've truly enjoyed just cashing under after under after under all damn week long, aside from curse you double overtime, and our one overbet that pushed, I think we may have finally run out of rope. I think we ran out of rope on the unders now. Those numbers are finally catching up a little bit. There's, there's a discussion of, like, could it ever move far enough to actually catch up with the pace? And Boston-Toronto begs that question more than Denver-LA because the Clippers and the Nuggets had actually been playing pretty quick basketball games. And then my thought is this last one may have been a little bit of an outlier. Perhaps the start, maybe a trend that swung too far, meaning maybe the pace was slowing down to more like 212 instead of 220, but you know, 181 was... Uh, a lot of underperformance happening as well. A busy set of referees in an ugly basketball game. So that first one again tonight, if anything, the teeniest, a 1 out of 10 lean on the over. And in the second one, Boston-Toronto, I mean, the side, I want nothing to do with. I think this ball game is going to be tight. If you're betting the side, go in-game betting, look for runs you can bet on, and maybe you could middle this thing because it'll probably hang around Boston by a small number for a while, unless one team opens up a 12-15 point early lead in this ballgame. And so then you just look for, you know, little 9-10-11 point spurts from the two teams and uh, bet on the team that calls a timeout at the end of that run, basically. The team that's getting beat up for two minutes. And then on the total, 
which, again, we're finally now seeing the number catch up a little bit. You know, the previous games in that series were right around 200. That's kind of what we've been working with. And I, and I know that last one, you know, it, it the 192 final was some underperformance as well. Uh, y- you've officially seen it now. You know, the previous game, Boston won 111 to 89. Boston overperformed their number in that game. The expected total for them was around 102 or so. And they expect the total for Toronto was around 102 or so. So these games have been targeting 200 to 205 as kind of their window this whole damn time. And finally, game seven, the number got it right. I would slightly lean to the under, if only because game sevens tend to be this exhausted, brutal, drag them out. I, I can't imagine anybody has the energy to run. And it might be like that Denver-Utah game where the first team to 80 actually wins it. So slightly lean to the under. But I do think from a natural, if you take out the idea that it is a game seven off a double overtime game six, which you can't. I mean, that's part of the storyline here. But if you took that out, this number's finally right for this series. So still ever so slightly to the under for those other reasons. And then tomorrow on Saturday, Lakers trying to finish off the Rockets. They're a six and a half point favorite total of 215 and a half. And we saw that game actually pick up speed as it moved along. Total was, uh, it ended at 218 and a half. And I think it opened at two, well, right around that also, wasn't it? 219 maybe? And I said slightly to the under because the series pace had these games coming out at about uh, 212, 214. Then I figured it would slow down by another possession, maybe two. Uh, on Twitter, I said I thought yesterday's game would finish at 208 before the game tipped. It finished at 210. So we've been pretty much right on the money with the way these games have gone. I, I, this, is a, this is an interesting one because this is, again, kind of back against the wall situation for Houston. They're going to have to come out with more energy than they did in the last one. And you got to believe... And for the Rockets, a lot of that energy is going to manifest on the offensive end. They're not a stellar defensive team, and the Lakers have been picking them apart throughout the whole series, pretty much. So for Houston, you know, probably just going to look less flat in the first quarter. They, you know, they had the offense going a little bit. They were full court pressing. They were doing a lot of high energy stuff late in yesterday's game. The Lakers trying to throw that thing away in the fourth quarter. And you might see Houston come out with something like that early in this next game. So they get off to a quick start. They run out of gas partway through. Lakers make their comeback, and then you probably have a, a relatively tight ball game. Uh, I would look at the Rockets catching six and a half. That's a big number on the side. Um, I've got to believe they have something left in the tank, although I don't know what. Of course, the thing about that game yesterday was the final score actually kind of belied the fact that the Lakers trounced them for most of the ball game, And then the Lakers not surprisingly, took their foot off the gas when they were up, whatever it was, 17 points with like six minutes to go. And then the Rockets shaved 12 off of that in a heartbeat. Rockets also took 39 free throws in yesterday's ballgame. 39. Harden took 20 of them. And uh, they still got clubbed. Because they just can't stop the Lakers. They can't stop them. AD had eight, or, uh, 29 points on only 18 shots again. Uh, LeBron actually had a poor shooting game and it didn't matter. He nearly triple-doubled. Rondo nearly triple-doubled. Caruso was brilliant in yesterday's game. Alex Caruso was fantastic. Hit the dagger three to put a lid on the Rockets' comeback. 
you know, Lakers out-rebounded the Rockets 52-26. to 26. That's one of the craziest things I've ever seen. And, and, you know, you're getting to this point now where the size advantage has sort of overwhelmed the Rockets, and the Lakers aren't even going big at the moment. They're just, just regular. Going small, they're still big. Going small, their three biggest guys are still bigger than the three biggest, than the single biggest guy on the Rockets. Lakers' small forward is bigger than the Rockets' center even when they're going small. So, you know, I think, it, you know, the, we're at a point now where the Rockets are just kind of getting overwhelmed. Uh, Harden didn't shoot the ball well at all. He'll probably be better from the field in their next ball game. You know, some of those shots are going to have to go in his step backs and whatever. He just wasn't making those yesterday. Lakers done a nice job of slowing down Eric Gordon until they took their foot off the gas. They've, they're doing what they want with Russell Westbrook, who made three three-pointers, but had to chuck a whole bunch to get to that point. The Lakers just, they're imposing themselves. And so when you look at the series as a whole, you're like, well, this game tomorrow on Saturday comes down to what life does Houston have? Do they believe that they can do this? Do they believe they can kind of do this one game at a time and get over that hump? And I don't think they want to go out like this. I don't. So I would lean to the Rockets catching six and a half. I think this one's going to be a closer ball game, even if the Lakers ultimately win it. And 215 and a half is actually a pretty good number. That last one ended at 210, and we can do some quick analysis here. Lakers scored 110 of those points. A lot of turnovers for both teams, actually, in yesterday's ballgame, and then the fouls were completely and utterly out of control. But if we break it down just from a pace standpoint, Lakers actually, believe it or not, underperformed by about mm, two points, mostly because of the extraordinarily high number of turnovers on both sides. If the Lakers play the way they did yesterday at the pace that game went, believe it or not, you know if they hold their turnovers to more like 12, they probably score on one or two of those uh, missing possessions here, and they do score 112, 114, something like that. So the expected number for the Lakers at yesterday's clip uh, was, again, about 112, so they underperformed by two. For the Rockets, I mean, this is like, who the crap knows at this point? Um... I think they I think they were almost right on the number, believe it or not. Right? I think they were should have been around 101 and they underperformed by 1. But a lot of that's because they were able to make up some ground by at the free throw line because otherwise they weren't playing well. They had a lot of turnovers. They didn't shoot the ball well. So without a ton of free throws, the Rockets would have vastly underperformed. But luckily they did get 39 foul shots and that helped them sort of stay close to their expected number. And the reason that their expected number was lower is that they just didn't rebound. They couldn't get possessions. The Lakers just kept racking up more possessions in this game. And without even playing a dominant game all the way through, the Lakers just were sort of too much. So the final total yesterday at 210 underperformed the expected number uh, by, what the hell did I just say? I've lost track of it, by about three points. I think it should have been at about 213 based on the pace the game was going. Am I getting that right? Yeah, or something like that. Like, uh, yeah, I think it was like 212, 213. So the fact that the number coming down from 218 to 215 and a half is wiping out roughly half of your value. If you think the game plays at about the same pace as yesterday's, and it was a mixed bag, uh, the game was... Pretty slow first half. Um, pace was around 101, I think. They underperformed that by just a little bit, or maybe 102. 
and then it picked up in the third and fourth quarters. The pace was quicker in the second half. It was more like a 220 type of pace in the second half after a 200 or so pace in the first half. And that would put you, by the way, if you split the difference there, uh, at about 210. And if the teams don't underperform a little bit, it puts you right around where this one is. So if you think it slows down more, fine. I actually don't. I think in closeout games, the, you know, the underdog is going to come out firing. They're going to want to go, 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 go. You're going to see the the Rockets probably get off to a decent start. You're going to see the Lakers counterpunch. And then you'll see the game settle down. So there might be a flurry early. I would be surprised, however, if the flurry was late in this next upcoming game tomorrow, if only because the reason the flurry came late yesterday is because the Lakers got out to a gigantic lead and then the game changed. It just wasn't the same. The game didn't look the same. That, talking about tomorrow, did kind of recap yesterday. Uh, Lakers beat the Rockets 110 to 100, if we're going to talk about yesterday's recap. Um, Lakers, were really, they looked really good. Markeith Morris is the starting center. Made a lot of sense. He got into some foul trouble. There was more KCP. There was some Taylor Horton Tucker, a THT sighting on the Lakers side. Anyway, I think you saw what you're going to see. I the, the only question that hangs over this series is whether or not Daniel House gets cleared for uh, Game 5 or if the investigation into him potentially letting someone into his hotel room continues. We don't know. We still don't have any answers on that. And I know the Rockets would love to know a little bit more by tomorrow. Although... It was pointed out on Twitter, maybe they don't want to know more. If they know more, uh, it might it might just look ugly. Regardless, we know very little right now, and so for the moment, we just have to, I think, assume that House is out. So this is sort of what you get. What you see is what you get, and what you get are very soft leans for the next three games. This is about as not confident as I've been in gaming feelings in a, a good week. Because we had all these big five, six, seven, eight point values on the totals, and finally they started ratcheting these numbers down to where they should be. I mean, again, even that Lakers Rockets number brought down. The games today dropped by six and five, respect to the, pre- the previous ones, and the Lakers Rockets dropped by three. Totals finally starting to chase down, and it's starting to catch up. By the way, the Lakers Rockets maybe the world's tiniest lean to the under as well, and then the of course they lean over to the Rockets side. And that is where you sit with that. By the way, all of this stuff is courtesy of our buddies over at mybookie.ag. I, again, I hope you guys got down on that free $45 they were giving away yesterday. I did. That was sweet. That is not going to happen again for some time, I would reckon. It was to celebrate the start of the football season, and we don't know when any other sport is going to start. From this point on, there's college football happening, but it's pockmarked across the U.S. based largely in places that either have very low COVID counts or don't care. Uh, The NFL going, so they ran that promo. It was amazing. But that's not a reason not to sign up now just because you missed that amazing deal yesterday. Get in now so that way when we come back with our next pod on Monday and say, hey, we've got more NBA values to play, you can do it with us. Use promo code HOOPBALL, and you can get a 100% deposit match bonus with you. Open up, they'll throw you the free play. Put in 50 bucks, they'll give you 50 The minimum credit card deposit is 45 If you use Bitcoin, I think you can put any amount you want into the system. Cashing out is an e-check, which is super easy. Just takes a few days to get it uh, logged in. And I think you can cash out with a minimum of 50 bucks if I'm not mistaken. So I've had that question come up. If, if it's easy to do so, 
It is. It's an easy website to use. They're also very active on Twitter. Their customer service is super quick. They've just they've taken all of the clouds and mystery away from betting online, which is really great. So thank you to mybookie.ag again. Sign up today. Promo code HoopBall. HoopBall. By the way, go get yourself a lawnmower while you're at it. I know I didn't talk much about Manscaped on uh, today's podcast, but you know what? We'll talk. I'll tell you what, we'll talk double about Manscaped on Monday. Or if a few of you guys buy a lawnmower over the weekend, maybe I'll just skip it. That'll be like a thank you. So if you guys have got a lawnmower, tweet at me, at Dan Bespris, D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S. Tell me how it's going so far. If you're enjoying the pinch-free waterproof technology that you got at manscaped.com with promo code HOOPBALL20 to get you 20% off and free shipping on that order as well. Next week, you know the drill, man. You know the drill. We will be down to at most six teams after today. And there's a very real possibility that after today, there are two teams gone. We might be down to even less than that. And the Lakers and the Rockets play tomorrow. So we might be down to four teams by the time we do a show on Monday. And if we are, we'll just have one game every day to break down. We're going to keep on doing it. It's Fantasy NBA Today. Hold the fantasy season here on at our podcast at hoop-ball.com. Big thank you, as always, to our partners all week long, manscaped.com and mybookie.ag, powering the locomotive here at Fantasy NBA Today. By the way, if you have five seconds to drop a five-star review, I will blow you sweet, wet kisses through the internet. Ugh, gross. That probably drove you away. I'm Dan Baspris, D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S on Twitter. Hit me up if you want to be a part of the madness over here on Hoopball. If you have any other thoughts, whatever. Keep me company. It's a weird year. <laughs> Jeez. I uh, hope everybody's hanging in there okay. I know, again, today a tough day for a lot of folks as they think back on their memories of it. I know I will forever remember the moments that I found out what was going on uh, on 9-11. I was in my college dorm room. My freshman year, I was like two weeks into college when all that happened. 9-11-2001. Take a moment, remember it, and shuttle along. Have a great weekend, everybody. Good luck to your teams if they're still in it. Uh, If not, don't worry. We'll talk about your team soon enough. And that'll be that. Again, I'm Dan Vespers. This is Fantasy NBA Today, a hoopball presentation. Toodaloo! This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.